Hey everybody, it is Tuesday, June 8th, 2021, and that means it is time for the Monster Maverick Show. And yeah, I just sat down right as the the time was ticking over to the live stream. Apparently I had forgotten to go live on air, but I'm here. I am streaming. I think everything is good. We've got uh, green bars on OBS, and I'm lining up in the Palnet of Discord. So, I think we're all good. And I did remember to hit record. Thank you, Krim. I, I hit it a little bit late, but it is it is working. So we are recording. We will be uh, posting this on the YouTubes and the podcasts and all that stuff. So I'm just retweeting the MSP Waves tweet. And if you've never been here before, I, well, everybody in the audience has been here before. I know that. But <laughs> if you're listening on the replay and you've never, if you're a new listener or a new watcher, this is... Monster Maverick, the Monster Maverick show, which is all about the Splinterlands world. In the audience, we've got Yabba, T. Matt, one of our illustrious founders of the Splinterlands game. I am, I'm Neil. I run along with my partner Gerber. We run Deck 101 and Deck 404. Deck 101 is the card buying service where you send a card to Deck 101 and you get 101% of its DEC burn value straight to your high vision wallet, you know, three seconds later. It's great if you have uh, a lot of cards that you want to sell quickly and you don't want to sit around on the market for. Deck 404 is our account playing service. If you have a bunch of idle cards that you want to put to work in the game, then you can, you know, talk to us and, and we'll get you set up on on delegating cards to one of our accounts and then, you know, put a player into there. See, Biz wants to know what was the special deal. So as Rondon says, he had to officially recognize the term Splintoshis. That was the deal. So Splintoshis, let's see if we go deck USD HE, that gives us our, the Gerbot command of the, of the Dark Energy Crystal Price Theta Link. So, Ah, Ron beat me to it. So Ron is our producer. He runs all things MSP Waves, which is where the show has its live broadcast and then recorded and then it goes out to YouTube and podcast networks and all that kind of stuff. So if you want a show, talk to Ron Don because, you know, they're always looking to, to add more shows. There's plenty of space on the calendar. But, you know, when, whenever we have idle time, it's the Jukebox streaming, music streaming service. Ron Don says he's setting up some cool stuff, which is great. But you can watch on, on MSP Waves, on Vim, on Theta. There are the links. But yeah, so uh, you're putting a hold on onboarding. What? What the what? See, this is the kind of thing you should tell your DJs before, <laughs> before I go, go ahead and say stuff like that. But, but yeah, so it has been an eventful week in the Splinterlands world. So, you know, 10 days ago, something like that, we got, you know, the SPS announcement that the governance token is going to live on Binance Smart Chain which is fantastic. I think that's one of the best moves that the team has made just overall like in the history of the game, which is now uh, three years old, amazingly enough. So so the SPS token will be will be living primarily on Binance Smart Chain, and it'll be used in-game as well on the Hive blockchain, so it'll have some interoper interoperability. But I think the majority of it will live on BSC. And that has opened up the world uh, of Splinterlands to the wider crypto and gaming, mainly crypto, I think, world. And because, you know, nobody's heard of Hive and the few people who have heard of it don't like it. <laughs> so, And there's various historical reasons for that, which don't really matter right now. But, you know, it's just a very, even though the technology of Hive is fantastic, you know, we've got delegated proof of stake, we've got three second blocks, we've got text in blocks, we've got custom JSON being broadcast, you know, it's... 
all these advantages, but in terms of crypto market perception, it's it's very much not in the top tier. So uh, it's just one of those weird things where, you know, building a better mousetrap doesn't mean the world is going to beat a, path, beat a path to your door. So by, by bridging the game itself onto Binance Smart Chain through the governance token, it basically puts Splinterance on the map in a way that it wasn't before. So I, that's been all great. And if you tuned in last week, you watched me buy a second region for myself because so what had happened was, you know, so I bought one region during the land pre-sales, the promotional pre-sales back in December, I think it was. And <laughs> yeah, I th that, I think that gets, uh, yes, like I think that gets a an artifact based on like hive prices, you know, being volatile along with, you know, the price of dark energy crystals. But so, you know, I bought, I bought a region for, you know, huge discount in the, in the very early pre-sales. I was crowded out of the first round of the pre-sales, so I got my guaranteed spot in the second pre-sale. And as compensation for getting crowded out, I also got a legendary totem, which was nice. But since then, I had been thinking, it's like, well, do I want another region? You know, the more details we've gotten about how lands is going to work, the more I've realized that one region is not going to have everything. With all the permutations of, of land types and rarities and everything, it's going to take, you know, two or three regions really to have at least one of each thing. So I've been kind of teetering back and forth on whether or not to buy a region, a second region, that is. So what tipped me over the scales though was the SPS announcement. The 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 expansion of the game into Binance Smart Chain and bringing in that whole uh, crowd of potential, you know, users and partners and, and all these things that getting onto an Ethereum type chain allows is pushed me over the edge it gave me a little bit of FOMO right so I decided last week to go ahead and buy another region and it's a good thing I did because if we look at the shop we are down to 10,507 at this particular moment so <laughs> if you if you remember from last week when I was buying my region that that I think took it from 22,000 down to 21,000 it's been it's been a week since then you know exactly because i did it during the show last week and now we're down to 10,507 so roughly 11,000 plots have been sold in the past seven days which is a lot <laughs> you know that's you know even even at maximum discounts right that's you know 15,000 times 11 which is a bunch times 11 so that's $165,000 minimum going into the game from you know from whoever so that's that's not too shabby i'm sure yab is pretty happy with that uh <laughs> splinterlands influencer maybe i remember on a video that taskmaster did one time he referred to me as you know you know neil of splinterlands fame and i was like am i famous i don't know <laughs> that's that's news to me <laughs> but uh, yeah Maybe I am the Splinterlands influencer. I don't know. Yeah, it says he had to rush to make sure the sold out message was added for when they run out. Yeah. So last week I had said that, you know, maybe in, you know, 10 to 14 days that things would be sold out. And I thought that was an aggressive target, but it looks like I might be right on. So uh, so if you want lands, I mean, the, the time to get in is now. You know, Yabba and, and, and Agrod have both said, 
that, you know, if there are any further land additions in the future, we're talking in the far future, like many, many years. But for now, this is going to be it. And I think it was Flowey pointed me over to, pointed me over to a great site, which is Splinter Cards. Now, I've, I, I remember when this first launched, I took a look at it, but I haven't really looked since then. And they have added a whole bunch of stuff, which is pretty fantastic. And here's a land page that they have where they talk about, you know, they have these blurbs about the expansion philosophy which is nice and but the but the main thing is that it has all the all the info that we've gotten so far it has all of the you know the land types the categories the rarities all all listed out so you know it's let me zoom out a little bit here so i can get everything on one screen so that is super helpful actually to new right here so I, you know, I've never heard of this user before, T-Hox, T-E-H-O-X, as the person who maintains this, but, you know, really good job on all of this. In fact, I'm going to send him, uh, he's got these little donation buttons, I'm going to send him 50 Hive here. Oh, he does Hive Signer. Ugh. You got to do keychain integration, my man. But well, let's just do that manually then. Let's send, send Hive to T-Hox, 50. Splinter Cards donation. Oh, you can't even see this on the stream, but trust me, I am. <laughs> so yeah, Paul, I was actually gonna gonna mention that as well. He's got a bunch of tools here. So you know, Peak Monsters has their tools. You can look up pack values, and the Monster Market has their tools. I think I think Splint X has tools as well. I'm not 100% sure about that, but they have a nice pack estimated expected value calculator here which is which is pretty great now i have one of these in my own spreadsheets but this is way easier going to packs and loot chests and all this kind of stuff so a lot of a lot of good a lot of good information here so i i think this is actually pretty great and i was looking at the the pack calculator and if you look up, up here we've got this nice little toolbar which tells us that you know a thousand dec is at 965 so 965 splintoshi which which ron agrees with <laughs> officially now untamed pack ev is 233 so that's an interesting number because you know a pack is two dollars and if dec is trading below the thousand splintoshi level then you're actually you can actually buy dec <laughs> you can actually buy dec on the market and get a little bit of extra arbitrage there so you know if you go through the calculator here you know, you do a 500 pack because that's going to be the the max, the, you know, the max discount. So you have the cheapest card price. And you can tell if, if you want to use both potions, no potions, guild discounts. So Misfits has a 2% discount. And I'm going to say free potions because I have a bunch. So theoretically, I could go ahead and buy a thousand untamed packs for, or sorry, buy 500 untamed packs for a thousand you know dollars but you actually get 575 packs and you know do the you know the potions will apply and the expected value is a profit of 341 dollars that is the flippening right there but that assumes that you're using both potions and those potions are free also notice that you know the very bottom right hand <laughs> <laughs> very bottom right hand value there 380 dollars is legendary gold foils so there's gonna be a lot of variation a lot of a lot of uh, variability in the actual results i should test this online i was actually thinking about doing that before the show so but then you know 
I have the potions on multiple accounts and it was too complicated. Uh, so, you know, I, I might make a post about that. But, you know, this is with free potions. If we have to pay for the potions and we calculate, then the numbers change a little bit, but we're still into profit. So, so EV is positive, regardless of whether you get free potions or pay for potions. If you don't use potions, then it, it doesn't work out. So, you know, we end up with a minus 273 here. But the fact that we have tools like this, you should test it before and after to see if it makes a difference. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And, you know, just throwing money at the problem. So, you know, just just one little one little tweak to this is that cost of 500 purchased packs, you know, $1,000, that's not quite true if DEC is under 1,000 Splintoshis. So, yeah, you know, there's a little bit of extra extra profit in there from the difference between the par value of DEC and the market value when we're below par. So, you know, all all to the good, you know, and when we go over to the shop, we can see that we are halfway through the last uh, 100,000 eligible for an airdrop. So since since Ag and Yamba are both here, our, our illustrious founders, I want to take this moment to, to lobby for a final airdrop. So when Untamed sells out, it should be a special promotional card, even if it has no value, like no game value at all. Just, just a little status thing saying, I was here, I was part of Untamed, Here's my final airdrop. You know, it could be, it could even be like a, like a title or something. I don't know. I just think that it would be nice to have. Now, next dice airdrop will be announced soon. A bucket card. Yeah. Let's see. How is dice doing? Ooh, we are getting kind of close. Another 10,000 dice there until the next airdrop. Now we, we do know that the next untamed airdrop should be a life epic monster and the, the dice, you know, the dice are all one man at monsters. So you can kick it. <laughs> bucket does nothing. You can kick the bucket. That is true. So anyway, I'm just I'm just saying it'd be a nice thing to have, even if it has no gameplay value, just just status. Saying I was part of the untamed airdrops. In fact, I'll I'll even go one better. Instead of just having just the same level of of status symbol for everybody, you could have like different levels of the useless thing, and depending on how many airdrops you got. So if you were in from the beginning, you got all however many 15 or 14 airdrops, then you get the the max level of whatever it is. And you know, pro rata down the line if you if you got if you came into the game later. So I don't know, I just think that'd be fun. <clears throat> but yeah, we are we are due for a a an untamed airdrop here once we hit the next 52,000 packs, which you know was gonna come much sooner than a lot of people expected. So you know I had made that double up market saying, are we gonna sell out by September or something? And clearly we're gonna blow, you know, blow that away. You know, I would be very surprised if we get out of June with with untamed, you know, not being sold out. So you know, especially when we're into this flipping kind of area that we are here, you know, packs tend to sell really quickly uh, when that happens. And later today, I think <laughs> I'm going to be buying a thousand, or it's bu buying a 500 pack, buying a 500 pack of, of Untamed. Because, you know, I was like, so I have, personally, I have an Untamed max level deck, if I were to combine everything. But most of my Untamed are out working, you know, for me in deck 404 accounts. So... <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting out of June, ominous. So, you know, in my personal 
in my personal game playing account, I don't have very many untamed. I've got a few. I've got, I, I made sure I had all the opportunity monsters. I made sure I had a couple special utility monsters that, that I felt I had to have. But earlier today, I was playing a match. I was like, wow, I really need a shield bearer in this match. But I only, I don't have, so I just have like the level one virtual. So yeah, I have Yoden. I have, I have all the, all the untamed. I have all the dice summoners. Oh, I've got a full dice set in my personal account. But, but there are a lot of untamed cards that I don't have available to me in my personal playing account. Especially, you know, since I joined the Misfits uh, a week or so ago, you know, they really need, you know, it's, it's me and Solo Miner who are playing the Gold Foil phrase. And, you know, I have, I have virtually no Gold Foil untamed. All of my Gold Foils are Alpha and Beta. So I can rent me some. I am really looking forward to the new rental system. I'm going to be using that a lot. <laughs> And, you know, hope, hope that comes out sooner rather than, rather than later. I know on the last, I think it was the last show, uh, Yabba mentioned that he had sent over some stuff to, to Jarvie for finalized kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it can't come soon enough for the new rental system. Uh, but, you know, I'm seeing in, <laughs> Matt, when rental? Exactly, when rental. So, you know, you know SPS being on Binance Smart Chain, and those people finding out about Splinterlands, and then we have this whole lands expansion, and then we have a functional game. You know, the people who've been coming into the Discord have been like amazed <laughs> at, the, at the level at the level of development that Splinterlands has. So, you know, I think that really gives credence to what I call Yabba's strong words <laughs> a couple AMAs ago, where he said that you know there are a lot of games out there that are much worse. <laughs> that have been getting a lot of retail attention and investor attention. So uh, that is true and, and is noticeable when when those outside people come in and they see, oh, here's, you know, you can you can play your game and you can rent your cards and you can speculate on DEC and you can buy lands for, yeah, I mean, granted, lands expansion is, you know, six months away, but still it's, you know, it's coming. So, I mean, it's just, it's just night and day uh, difference between, you know, what Splinterlands has and what a lot of other blockchain games have. So, you know, he, he's texting and driving. Don't worry about it. So, so yeah, yeah. So a couple things from last week's AMA that I wanted to hit was that there was an estimate of about 200 SPS per million airdrop points. And, you know, I wrote, I wrote, I made a little calculator in Google Sheets, which I made a post about for, for doing your calculations. But I also noticed, you know, SplinterCards.com, they have an airdrop calculator tool, uh, which is, you know, it's all the same thing. But I actually don't like this format, but it, you know, calculates the same thing. So, you know, that is a rough guesstimation. Yeah, per day, I think, is the, is the way that that quote works. Uh, yes, per day estimate. Bold, bold face estimate. I, you know, all disclaimers apply. But yeah, so you know, I'm you know, since I got another region, I am looking at about sixty million airdrop points. So that'll be a lot <laughs> times two hundred. So that's twelve billion SPS. The most. Okay, so. <laughs> So, so Biz brings up an important, an important point that, so there's a new team member apparently named Waffles Kitty and she was brought on, on the AMA last week for a few minutes and the, I read asked her what her favorite card was and she said the Byzantine Kitty, which it was just like a, a dagger, a dagger to my heart because it's just like that, you know, it's so it's so cutesy and 
you know, I mean, the card is great. You know, the, like having, you know, the tank heal and the plus two speed and the, and the aim true or the whatever it's called, you know, where you can't miss, you know, functionality, fantastic. But the artwork is just so, it's just so out of, you know, not matching with everything else. And, you know, to some degree it's like, okay, you want to appeal to, you know, a wider audience, maybe having a little bit of cuteness there makes sense, you know, because the, I would, I would say that the style of Splitterlands cards has all been fairly consistent in that, you know, sort of, you know, sharp, I don't even know what you would call it. I, you know, I want to call it a masculine style, but, you know, it's, so having that other, having that other style, I can see having some benefits. Oh, Ag, Ag wants to come on air. Okay, I will, I will let him come on air. Oh, he has some alpha to leak. All right. Let's see. Oops. Welcome, Agrod. Can you hear me? All right, I brought you on air. You are muted on your end, though. So let's see if you can get your technology to work. Testing, one, two, three. You know, when you say you have alpha to leak, that you get on air. <laughs> Worst. Yeah. All right, so while while Aggie is getting his technical stuff set up, there were two other things that came from came from the AMA that I wanted to share. So one is, is was this a screenshot? So this is going to be the new rental. You can see the in the right hand side, it's a sell card, rent card. So there's so the integration for the new rental system is on its way, which is pretty exciting. You know, from what I understand of the. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, Ron. Don't worry about it. You know, I will get his stuff set up or, or not. So, you know, from, from what I understand, the major advantage to the, to the new rental system is, is a card liquidity. So if I'm a player and I've rented like a spirit of the forest, you know, level three. Oh, I heard something. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I was going to let you finish your sentence, but I got some sweet, sweet alpha and I don't know how long I'm going to be able to connect. Okay. So you finish your sentence and finish what you're going to say. And then say Aggie, and I'll respond. Okay, so uh, user has is reading a level three Spirit of the Forest. If the owner pulls that for whatever reason, then another card gets swapped in automatically. User doesn't have to do anything, doesn't have any interruptions with gameplay. So that is a huge advantage to the the rental system, where you know under the old system, which is the current system, you know every every different agreement is a is a different contract interaction. And it's just a lot of a lot more management. So if that is done for you on the back end, then I think that's going to improve things quite a bit. Now, Aggie, what do you have for us today? Hey Neil. <laughs> so there's this little thing and it's called a splinter shard. Splinter and it's shard. Been, it's been quite popular. I don't know if you've checked sort of the uh, secondary market prices and the uh, expected value and those kinds of things. But things have been going a little bit crazy over the last 10 or so days as we've revealed parts of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm here to be able to go share one more little tidbit that might bring some joy into the hearts of uh, Splinter fans the world over. Well, please, bring us some joy. I'm all for so, I'm, I'm pro-joy. Oh, good. Yeah, we all are. I'll bury the lead a little bit. You know, there's going to be some team tokens and there's going to be some tokens for liquidity there's going to be some like a crap ton frankly for play to earn that's one of the biggest categories so that the the guys that are killing it out there they're going to get a whole bunch but the thing the thing that i'm here to announce 
the thing that I'm here to share and the thing that I think so many people are going to want to know is the price per SPS at launch. Yes, that is something that we all want to know. Price per SPS at launch. Yes, and I, I just think it's such a critical number to examine, to think through, to just ponder, to just build a little suspense and apprehend. Oh, you break it up. Up. That's hilarious. One point eight cents each. Were you able to hear that? One point eight cents each. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. So Aggie is typing while in a car? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not typing anything. Okay. So, yeah, that's the, I guess that's not at launch. I guess launch may, you know, who knows what's going to happen at launch. Right. So, so yeah. Yabba has his disclaimer yeah. hat on, but not at launch for private token sale. Yeah, Matt's right. So that's at least giving you some number. It's not going to be that at launch. Matt's right. The uh, the likelihood is is that over time that price will go. Probably. Well, I can't tell you what it's going to do. I'll get in trouble if I tell you what it's going to do. Who knows what the price will be? But assuming that there's a fair amount of uh, demand for this thing, it may not stay at 1.8 cents each. How about that? So Matt's right. That's not the launch point. That's the uh, the private token sale price. People have been wondering, and so who knows? Uh, uh, who knows what happens when ICOs or IEOs or any of this stuff happens? You know, maybe the price stays the same, but at least that's some. Yeah, that is that is pretty great stuff. So, Ag, your your audio is terrible, so I'm going to put you back in the audience here. Yeah, so that is that is pretty great alpha to to hear from Agro. You know co-founder of, of Splinterlands. That is pretty amazing. So, you know, I'm I'm mixed spreadsheet, so let's do a little bit of a little bit of math here. So if we have an estimate of two hundred SPS per million airdrop points per day, what does that look like? So let's do let's see, two hundred times one point eight is you know, 300 or, you know, so that's in cents. So $3.6 a day f for, you know, each million airdrop points, R you know, estimates, all disclaimers apply, blah, 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 times 365. So that's 1300 bucks worth of airdrop, you know, potentially. So the one thing that sucks right on is B the BSC is not for those of us in the U.S. without privacy and IRS issues. So Binance Smart Chain and Binance.com are two different things, Notch. You, you know, you, you can be a U.S. person and operate on Binance Smart Chain just fine. You know, getting funds onto Binance Smart Chain is an issue, but if you're going through Splinterlands, you know, SPS and DEC will be a bridge for you. You don't, you won't even have to do it, worry about it. And then, you know, if you want to do direct bridge, you know, without going through the game, there's, you know, the Leo bridge. Uh, type mechanics. So, you know, operating on BSC is not a problem. IRS issues, well, that's a whole other thing of, you know, how to declare your your crypto on your taxes. And Yab is saying you won't need to use BSC at all to use SPS in the game and it will be tradable on other platforms as well. Yeah, so that's that's pretty pretty exciting. So if we're looking at I mean if if, if that's a real number, thirteen hundred bucks per million SP or per million airdrop points in the first year 
then then you know that's a lot right <laughs> so you know what is what is a million airdrop points well it could be a million collection power you know if we go back to our SPS airdrop calculator it could be a million collection power it could be a million dark energy crystals it could be let's see what do we got here it could be a, you know a bunch of land it could be some untamed packs it could be you know having a praetorium title all of those you know have a at least a private sale value you know of of that so uh, ag thinks he's at 50 million i'm i'm right around 60 million so what am i looking at so we've got 60 one two three one two three divided by a million times 200 times or no let's just do time times 3.6 so that's 216 dollars a day <laughs> That's crazy, but that is pretty attractive. And then, what is that times three sixty-five? All right, seventy-eight grand. I'll take it. <laughs> oh man, you know. So obviously, who knows what the price of SPS will do over time? But you know, it's it's like any other it's like any other you know economic good. If there's greater demand, you know, if if demand pressure is greater than supply pressure then price will go up. If supply pressure is greater than demand pressure, price will go down. Given the things that we've seen, you know, so crypto in general has been having a rough time the past couple of weeks. You know, Bitcoin's down, you know, again, it's down today. You know, there's this whole colonial pipeline thing, which is the, this is the fakest story I've, I've seen in a long, long time. So, but you know, the Bitcoin conference is, I, I don't know if it's still going on or not, but it was going on in Miami. You know, the president of El Salvador is saying, that owner equals Neo, ability to sell equals false. Yeah. So, so you know, President of El Salvador saying that he's going to send legislation to his Congress, say you know, dictating that or not, you know, saying that Bitcoin will be recognized as legal tender, won't be subject to capital gains tax or anything. And you know, some people are talking about it's like, oh, you know, will will Bitcoin people move to El Salvador? It's like, no, that's not that's not the point. Uh, the point is the remittances. So, you know, remittances are when people from one place go to another place, work and send money home and send money back to, you know, their family or whatever. And this is a huge thing in Central and South America. They come to the U.S., they go to Europe, they, you know, go wherever they have better economic opportunity and they're sending money, you know, back home. So, you know, like my, my in-laws are Ecuadorian and, you know, even though my mother-in-law has been living in the U.S. since she was like seven years old, so, you know, I don't know, 50 plus years now, you know, they still send money to their family, you know, back in Ecuador. And that, that's a remittance. So if if that is the the target market for uh, Bitcoin use, now you're talking about people coming in, you know, working in the U.S. Or, or, you know, anywhere else, you know, earning fiat currency, doing whatever it is they do, using that fiat to buy Bitcoin and then sending that Bitcoin back home. Now, obviously, it doubles in the details with all these kinds of things. But that would, you know, so that gives the people in El Salvador a, you know, a cryptocurrency to use, which they will then do whatever with. You know, they'll spend it into the local economy. And now you have, you know, El Salvador is dollarized. So they use the U.S. dollar as their local currency. And just like in the EU, when you have a currency that you have no control over, you are subject to the whims of the monetary bodies that do control the currency. So 
they are subject to the Federal Reserve, essentially. And, you know, if they inflate, you know, 50% of the money supply like they've done over the past, you know, 18 months, then that's just what happens to them. And they don't have any control over it. If they start to transition a bit and they start, you know, using Bitcoin in their local economy, now it's still the same rule. They're still subject to the monetary authority of Bitcoin, but we all know what that is, right? That's just the mining reward blocks, uh, you know, 6.25 Bitcoin added to the system, you know, every block, you know, roughly every 10 minutes. So, and, and that's a very, you know, it's, it's really bringing code is law into their monetary system. So that's, that could be huge for them. And, you know, other countries are already making noises about following suit. You know, there's been headlines out of Panama and Brazil just over the past day saying that they're looking at the same kind of thing. Brazil is obviously a much bigger market than both of those other ones. So, you know, that is, that is huge. But at the same time, we've had this colonial pipeline hack, you know, quote unquote hack, uh, ransomware story. So the current version of the story is that, so colonial pipeline, which are the operators of the, of the gasoline fuel pipeline that goes from, I think it goes from Houston, you know, through the, the southern southeastern coast, of the U.S. And, and up into, you know, Virginia-ish. You know, so the Colonial Pipeline feeds my market in Atlanta. And, you know, it got shut down because, you know, their systems were, were ransomware. So, you know, they had the last version that I saw was that they had like eight or ten people sharing one account with one simple plain text password. And, you know, it, you know that account got compromised and the, the hackers put on ransomware. So they pay us, whatever it was. I think it's like $90 million in Bitcoin, and then we'll, we'll let you operate your pipeline again. So, <laughs> so, so they pay some amount, right? And the FBI comes out, I guess it was yesterday or, or overnight, saying that, oh, we have recovered, you know, a bunch of Bitcoin from this, you know, from this hack. And, you know, people are digging into this a little bit. It's like, well, how did you recover that, right? And it's like, oh, well, we had the keys. It's like, what do you mean you had the keys? So uh, people do a little bit more digging. It turns out the, the you know, I'll put in quotes, hackers sent the ransomed Bitcoin to Coinbase for sale, which is just absolutely insane. <laughs> so, you know, around says I'm a conspiracy theorist. Maybe so, because this story does not hold water whatsoever to me. It, you know, if, if you're if you're ransoming, you know, a giant company with, you know, national security implications for Bitcoin, it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't sell it on Coinbase. That, that just makes no sense whatsoever. Because if you're smart enough to do the one thing, you're smart enough not to do the other thing. So, you know, I, I, I obviously don't know the truth of what happened in, you know, into that. But now that we have a, an amount and a target address, I think the, the internet sleuth will be able to backtrack, you know, the, those, those coins and see where the, where the Bitcoin came from that they paid the ransomers with, you know, I would not be surprised to find out that that Bitcoin came from some government agency, you know, that's just what I'm saying. But you know, the, the FUD is strong, you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt. <laughs> Ron did it. Why does he keep getting away with this? So, you know, it's, you know, the price has been, has been negatively affected. We can see over the last couple of days, we opened yesterday at 35,800 and we hit a low, you know, today of 31,013. It's bounced back quite a bit, back up to 33,000. But, you know, in a, in a weak trend, you know, this has, you know, spooked some people and it's kind of, kind of amazing to watch, you know, this play out in real time. But, 
contrasting all that, so Bitcoin's been having a rough time the past few days. All, all of crypto, the entire crypto market has followed suit along with it. But what hasn't followed suit is Splinterlands prices. Because if we go over to, you know, Monster Market has a really good tool. I'm sure Splinter Cards does too. Let's see. List price analysis. Oh yeah, I did see. I was checking out this, this tool earlier. So if we look at the, you know, the one week change basically of cards, you know, and this, you can, you can use this tool to filter, you know, by, by splinter, by edition, you know, by rarity level, regular or gold. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, pretty nice, pretty nice tool actually. So you can see that, you know, most of these are positive, you know, a couple, you know, a couple price, a couple cards have gone down in price, you know, Drake of Arnak, Soulstorm, Chimera Princess is basically even. Fire Elemental, but you know, a lot of them, I would say the majority are positive and some of them are strongly positive. So like Curse Slimeball up 27% in last week, Sniping Narwhal up 25%, Elven Defender up 34%, Orc Sergeant's not doing well, down 21%, <laughs> Car Accident not mind much rain. Okay. So, you know, so prices are doing pretty well. And you know, I like to do my own, my own market check on my account, you know, each week, cause this is actually the only time I look at it. <laughs> So let's see, let's see what we're at. I should probably start keeping track of this week to week. You know, I do include this as part of my monthly snapshot, but yeah, 235, 248, which is quite a bit. I'm pretty happy with that <laughs> to say the least. So, you know, it was interesting during, you know, as, as we had this bull market that we've gone through in crypto over the last you know, five, six months, you know, the percentage of my crypto portfolio that was Splinterlands was decreasing because, you know, not because the total value was increasing, but, you know, the rest of my crypto was increasing faster. And now the reverse is happening. So the total total percentage of my crypto portfolio that is Splinterlands is growing once again. And, you know, I'm, you know, before I was actually kind of worried about that, but now with the SPS announcement and the bridging to Binance Smart Chain, I'm a lot less uh, concerned about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased all around to be having, you know, plenty of exposure to Splinterlands. So, you know, it's all, it's all good. Basically <laughs> that will teach me to own things other than Splinterlands. Yeah, it's true. I got a, you know, I do have my whale rules though. So, you know, if, if you've never heard this before, my whale rules are that whatever you're doing uh, in crypto, you know, <laughs> power up some hive. <laughs> I just spent all my hive. That 50 hive that I sent to T-Hawks is, is all of it. So, you know, the whale rules are that whatever you're doing in crypto, you know, crypto is an extremely volatile asset or, or an asset class. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, assets that, you know, go 10x frequently, you know, sometimes you go hundred, my rune, even though it's, it's down 50% over the past, you know, week, it's up a hundred X for me because I bought in at 11 cents, like, has it been a year? Yeah, it was summer of last year, I think. So, you know, it's, it's you know, when you, when you have these giant moves, you have to, you have to consider it's like, well, is it worth diversifying and having, you know, a little bit spread out amongst a lot of things? And I would say no, because, you know, not everything's gonna go 10X, you know? So if you have a dollar in, in 10 things and one of them goes 10X, well, now you have $19. But if you put that $10 into one thing, you and that goes 10x, you have $100. So the key to the whole thing is finding things that you you have a strong belief will do well, and then, you know, placing your bets 
on those things and then waiting, which is, you know, the HODL mentality, I guess. So, you know, with my wear rules, I am heavily, you know, invested or heavily speculating on just a few things. One is Splinterlands. That's actually, you know, now my largest single position. I've got Cub, you know, one of the yield farming projects from, from Leo Finance. I've got some Bitcoin. I've got some Rune. And I think that's it. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've got a smattering of, of other things from, from before I started implementing my whale rules rigorously. Like I've got a, a little bit of bat. So, you know, that is, that is it. And, you know, by, by picking projects that had legs that will do well over time, those whale rules sound suspiciously like Warren Buffett rules. That is true. It's, it's a crypto modification of Warren Buffett rule, Warren Buffett's rules. So his rules, his famous rules are that rule number one is don't lose money. Rule number two is refer back to rule number one. But he has another rule that says, you know, don't diversify, you know, put all your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket very closely. So that is the, the Buffett whale rule. This is very, very similar. And, you know, I mean, he follows, he does follow that. If you look at the Berkshire Hathaway, you know, the, the investor disclosure letters and everything, you know, they've got, you know, for, for a company that is the size of, of Berkshire Hathaway, they have very few positions maybe 30 or something. And, you know, even within that, it's, it's very Pareto distributed, you know, it's 80, 20, you know, there's like Coca-Cola. I think they recently divested most of their Wells Fargo, but you know, there's, there's just like a handful of companies that they have a lot of money in and you know, their, their favorite time horizon is forever. You know, it's just sit on dividends. Similarly, you can do the same kind of thing with Splinterlands and, you know, as game functionality is added, you know, with lands expansion and the governance tokens and who knows what else comes out of the governance tokens because that's really opening it up to the to the player base to kind of do whatever the players want you know so you know it's 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 a project that is that is paying dividends you know in in many different ways so you know i'm, I'm pretty excited to get what was the number 200 dollars a day <laughs> at least at uh, private sale price valuations for sps and we'll see how those actually how those actually end up trading you know on the market my guess, and this is this is pure speculation on my part and not financial advice. My guess is that, you know, if SPS opens, you know, in that one to two cent range, then, you know, it'll it'll rise quickly. And Solo saying POS coins to improve the state coins are a lot like dividend producing assets as well. That is true. And that was my original entrance into Steam. In fact, my first post on Steam was how a financial guy, I forget the title, how a financial guy invests in crypto or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's, and it basically it was like having, having a portfolio and then using Steam to generate income, to go back into the portfolio and reinvest. That ended up not being the model I, I, I'm with now, but it was, it was a good start. The problem was, is that you know the market price of steam and then hive you know has not held up over time so you know we went through the whole bear cycle from 2017 to 2020 you know steam and hive however you want to count it you know dropped by you know 95 percent and you know no amount of 30 percent internal growth will counteract that that total valuation drop so that was a flaw in that whole plan <laughs> that you have to also pick assets that do well. And Yab is bringing up a good point that, you know, that's just the airdrop. You know, there's also SPS to, from play to earn and staking. Yeah, the, the play to earn, you know, is going to be pretty interesting. So, you know, it's... You know, I, I imagine that people who are in Champion will be staking on themselves. People on Diamond, maybe. 
but the the lower the lower league players will probably be staking on those top level players and you know that'll depend a bit on exactly what the ratios are how much those diminishing returns are and how much how much those diminishing returns force the stake of sps to be spread out over the players but but yeah it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting to see how all that shakes out you know there will be some popularity element to it so like if yasik goes goes into discord and says hey you know people i need so and so you know sps staked on on me to to play then he's probably going to get it you know one of the top players in the game consistently does really well in the season rankings but you know there's also you know the the more the more rigorous financially minded people plenty of large large portfolio owners in spinnerlands are very numbers oriented and they'll look at the at the distributions of things and and you know place their sps accordingly but uh, yeah i mean if we look at the chart from that i pasted earlier where did it go scrolling up scrolling up yeah so the the staking and play to earn is going to be you know a good chunk let's see staking lp oracle awards you know 900 million over 65 months and you know it's it's a bit non-linear with the you know initial ramp up and then the slope curving down a bit i'm trying to stir the pot a little bit how do you address the rumors that splinterlands is discriminatory against birthing people oh man <laughs> i don't know what that means that's that's probably the best answer yeah you know even though you know you might be a bigot for not knowing what it means at least you're not actively insulting people right but it, it all works <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the whole thing. I basically, I mean, that's, that's, that's the summary. I, you know, I am looking forward to SBS. Oh, actually another great feature of the splinter cards is the roadmap. So I made this page, which, which is actually pretty great. So I can't believe I haven't seen this person around in Discord, but you know, if anybody knows T-Hawks, then tell them they did a great job. And just, just since flowers in the audience, TBD boss fights. <laughs> so I've been wanting boss fights for like two years now, but but yeah. So you know we're in Q2 security review and updates. That's already been done. So that should be marked completed. Guild Brawls V2 new card delegation and rental system. Praetoria map release land claims redemption. That's going to be super exciting. And then Q3 you know July we get the the SPS airdrop beginning and all that that whole system starting to be implemented. So. I am excited for the next six months and I'm still calling for lands to be Christmas. I know they've been saying Q4, 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 but you know, it's going to be the end of Q4 basically. <laughs> that's, that's my, it's on the map. Yeah, it's on the map, but TBD, it's, it has no, <laughs> has no calendar associated with it. So, you know, but that's a step. Splintermas, yes, absolutely. So yeah, that, that's that's kind of where we are. It's it, and you know we're looking to sell out of lands here in the next week ish. Now while we've been on the show, another another tract has been sold. You know, ten thousand four hundred one plots left. You know, it's if you want to have if you want to have some plots and you don't have any yet, say your time is running out. But one thing I wanted to to to, to do, which I guess we don't have time for, was you know looking at all the different land types, and you know, it's going to take a lot to to have at least one of everything. 
Yeah. So Paul, Paul's saying different phases for the land. You would think, yes, that that is will absolutely be the case. But you know, as far as initial functionality, I'm saying Christmas. You know, where you can do something, and then you'll be able to do more things over time. You know, with the staking of the monsters and summoners, and building more more buildings and, you know, getting those resources and then the crafting and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you just look at this, look at the land types and the categories and the rarities, then it's, you know, it's a lot. What if alpha is tokenized? Is it still airdropped? That's a good question. I would assume yes, but I don't know. So, you know, it's, you know, so we've got, what is it? 14 land types, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yes, 14 land types, four your one, four different categories. Within those categories, we've got, you know, different types of natural, you know, the different magical, you know, amounts, you know, the essences. Each essence is gonna, there's gonna be six of those. So, because you know, one for each splinter. And then we've got the four different rarity levels. So, I mean, if you do the permutations out there, it's, it's a lot to have at least one of everything. And I want to have whatever everything. So that's that's why I now have two regions. And then I have my my 38 random plots that I got from liquidity uh, provision rewards. And you know, my my personal plan is I'm gonna see, I'm gonna reveal those, figure out what they are, and then you know, maybe keep them, maybe not, depending on what I have available in the regions. And last thing was we got an updated region screenshot last AMA, which I'm pretty excited about. So you can see the the hex is, you know, the whole region, and then we have the different tracks. And then you can see the, the like the orangey reddish stuff is the castles and the keeps. So pretty cool stuff. Things are moving along and I can't wait until we get some SPS. That'll be the next big thing. So thanks everybody for coming by. I, you know, this hour just kind of blows by sometimes. And uh, we, you know, We'll see you again next week, basically. Uh...